people that are manifesting any type of not positive relationship in their life, and it, it can be at any level, romantic or otherwise, means that they have trauma related to their parents. It wouldn't be otherwise. So if you are not manifesting the right relationships in your life, you have trauma. There is no way around it. And you will keep on manifesting the wrong relationships. You will keep on attracting the, the wrong partner in your life unless you resolve this trauma. Hello and welcome to the Confidential Podcast, where we discuss and demystify life and everything that impacts it. I'm Simone Gisondi, author, health strategist, life transformation consultant, and overall life enthusiast. I dive deep into the fascinating world of life with each show. Each episode features in-depth conversations with experts, thought leaders, as well as personal stories and experiences that will bring the world around us to life. Whether you're a curious newcomer or a passionate enthusiast, come with me on a journey of discovery and enlightenment. Tune in every week and join me as I demystify all things that touch life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Confidential. Thank you for joining me. Today is such an amazing, amazing day, and you will learn so much because I have such an incredible guest for you guys, and I have been so keen on speaking with her. I was actually honored to be on her podcast, and we connected through someone on my team who connected us to, to be able to discuss things podcast related, but I wanted her to come on my podcast because she's so amazing and she's my kind of people. She studied all kinds of things that I'm just about to go over so that you guys can understand, which are things that I'm so passionate about. And I know are the tools, the tools to healing and to transformation. So everybody, please welcome Ada Komani, who is a coach, a certified NLP coach. She's a healer. She's an energy worker, and she actually studied past life hypnosis under the very talented Julia Cannon, daughter of Dolores Cannon, for those of you that know hypnosis. I'm a certified hypnotist myself, but she actually went a step further, QHHT hypnosis therapist. She's also a yoga and meditation instructor, very important things for healing, and also an Ayurveda therapist. She also has a master of science in leadership from BI Norwegian Business School because she is from Norway. That's right. She's joining me all the way from Norway. And you should know that while she was always interested in alternative ways of healing, much like me, you know, synchronicity, we got connected. And she was also into energy work. She went from being a businesswoman, of course, I mean, she has a master's of science and leadership into becoming a therapist about a decade ago. So 10 years back when she was diagnosed herself with a benign tumor on the cervix. We'll talk about that during the show. And she decided not to take the surgery. So there's the connection again, because I went against everything that uh, the medical industry is when I had my stroke. So we connected because we have that in common. So she decided not to take the surgery, but to find different ways of healing while she was traveling through the Eastern countries, learning and getting healing. Ada, you are so amazing. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm very grateful to be here. I was actually smiling while you were introducing me because I'm not used to this. I'm usually the one introduce like, you know, introducing others in my podcast. So I was like, oh, actually, I've done some stuff with my life. You're very, very talented. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you have um 
first and foremost, I really want people to know my opinion, of course, because I'm always offering my opinion when I speak, but you have such an intriguing background with such a fascinating blend of expertise that touches beneath the surface, if I could say that. And I'm sure you understand that. But please explain to those who are listening and are not familiar with all your areas of expertise, because I want everybody mm. to understand what we're talking about when we go down further into the discussion. Um, so what is neuro-linguistic programming? I know it to be a sort of like a behavioral method that uses the power mm. of reframing situations to help people overcome some of their limiting beliefs. Am I right in that? Yeah, well, I basically use it as a way, as an epigenetic reprogramming method, but it is it basically offers practical ways to change the way that you think, the way you, you view past events and the way you approach mm -hmm. life. So for example, very simple, if you love chocolate, but you don't want to eat chocolate, we can use NLP to make you dislike chocolate and you will never touch it again. Amazing. For example, <laughs> yes, I usually use it with regards to traumas and past events Perfect. to change the way my clients perceive those events. So it's not that you forget them, but you do not perceive them in a negative way anymore. So they don't affect you as much anymore. Oh, I usually use it in this way, not with regards to dieting, but it can very well be used towards that. So basically, we take into account everything, who you are, your habits, your behaviors, and we can change them accordingly. By, That's Of course, by asking your permission, so the client's permission. Of course. So we're not allowed to just do that for someone. Right. Of course, this, the client has to sign up and has yes. to be open to the whole idea of, because um, I believe, and we could discuss this in more depth, or maybe we could do another, uh, another show in which we could actually dive deep. But the idea mm -hmm. of what you believe, like if your internal environment, your belief systems are aligned with your external environment, that's when you actually are able to get the results you're looking. But when there's that misalignment, and you don't have the foundation of belief, if you're going to go into something thinking, okay, I'm going to try NLP, but you don't believe that it works and it's just woo, chances are that it's not going to work for you. And that's the case Probably for a lot won't. of things. Yeah. Probably yeah. it won't. That, that was actually the case. I remember when I was diagnosed, my boss at the time, he asked the director because uh, the director was kind of my age. So we were friends and he asked the director to actually change my mind about getting a surgery. And actually, uh -huh. the answer of the director was, well, she believes in this stuff. So I think it will work for her. That was actually his answer. Very nice. So, yeah. Yeah. So I actually think that if you believe something will work for you, if not, yeah, probably not. Yeah, I think that the, the mind is such a powerful thing. But I wanted to ask you, so just so that we could get a deeper understanding, because clearly you are very, and if you guys could, obviously, I'm doing this over Zoom right now with her. And if you could see how she just emits this really positive energy. Oh, thank uh, you. Very, yes, you are so amazing. I mean, beyond words. But I wanted to know what brought you, Ada, what brought you to NLP, to hypnosis, meditation, to the alternative ways of healing yeah. and to energy work altogether? What what gravitate, What made you gravitate towards all that? I was always a bit different, I think, since I was a kid. Mm. I was so attracted to everything that was a bit related to healing and different things like that. Even though I was in a society, I was being raised in a society that was 
I'm not so open to this. I was born in Albania and I moved to, to Norway many years ago. Okay. And no one in my family was doing anything like this. So for me, it was just maybe strange to see things and experience things that not everyone did. And I think that's, the, that's something almost everyone that works with in this line kind of has had in their childhood, right? But then when I was diagnosed with a tumor, that's when I decided to go all in into this. And it was a benign tumor. Mm-hmm. So I know because it wasn't spreading basically, and I had all the checkups and everything. So it was a benign tumor. I have to like really um, point this out, like stress this, that it wasn't that my life was really in danger, but at the same time, I needed a surgery and recovery afterwards and everything, which would mean later on that I would have had issues with pregnancies, with possible pregnancies, because the tumor was in the cervix. Mm -hmm. So the possibility to have an abortion, natural abortion would be much higher, or the possibility for premature, for giving birth prematurely would also be higher. So I decided to do it differently. And at the time, I remember I was reading um, You Can Heal Your Life from Louise Hay. Miss Louise Hay. And I miss her too. I cried when she died, really. And it kind of became my Bible. Like she had a tumor in her breast and she cured it. So then I decided to go into this journey. I used every free Every holiday I had, because at the time I had a full-time job, I used every holiday, got also holidays without payment, is possible in Norway, and went to India and started actually, first of all, with yoga and meditation and mantras, lots of mantras, and then yoga therapy, which is how to use yoga with regards to different diseases and yoga nidras and then i discovered different types of healing like reiki and theta healing crystals and then of course ayurveda i think that played a big role so while i was basically getting healing i was also learning Uh, so once i was for example at the ayurvedic academy in kerala that's also a hospital. So I did my panchakarma and all the cleans in there. And then I decided to start studying there. So it was a journey like that. And uh, a lot of womb healing as well, as well, and diet. Oh my God. But Ayurveda is all about that as well. Yes. About dieting. I went, (laughs) I think really in depth with cutting out um, the, what they call the white poisons, that is sugar, mm. I think, salt. Um, there are five, and I can't come on the on all of them now. It's sugar, salt, flour, and yes, yeah. white flour, and I think there's something else as well. And basically, sugar even at the point of fruits. So it was extreme dieting, and then I went into trauma work because Louise says it so clearly in her book so she says where we put our cancers Mm. it tells us what our issues are so having a tumor in the service meant having an issue with my mom Mm. 
So I went really deep into shadow work, trauma work with NLP was one of those um, other methods such as body code and emotion code that basically really cleans your the, the way you perceive things, the way you, your trapped emotions, everything what can be trapped in your body and later on psyche. which Ah, is okay. a very, yeah, psyche, it's a very powerful um, method of epigenetic reprogramming. I'm not certified in it. I've been testing it and it works really good. I've been testing it on myself and others and it works amazing. So probably it will be the next thing I will be doing. Tell us Sorry. what is what is psyche? Uh, if you, just for the audience so that they can understand what it Sorry. pertains. My... <laughs> My son is coughing just a second. That's okay. okay. Yeah, he's, he's finished. Okay. <laughs> just, okay. Yeah, just wanted to know so that the audience can understand. So NLP, yeah. neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis yes. is obviously having access to the subconscious mind where a lot of uh, uh, our beliefs, the power, the cent mm. it's the, the center of power of, of somebody where consciousness, the super consciousness resides. That's mm. where all the programming of the mind resides. But tell us about Psyche. What does it entail? Uh, what's it all about? And how do you use it? Because you said that you've been practicing it on yourself as well as mm -hmm. on your clients so that people can understand what distinguishes it from other modalities like the NLP and hypnosis. I think it has some similarities with NLP mm -hmm. with regards to um, epigenetic reprogramming. Okay. But I think it's even more powerful. It's a very profound set of processes that mm -hmm. helps your subconscious mind to rewrite self-limiting beliefs. And so basically you can figure out a limiting belief or something that has happened in your life that you remember. And you put your body in such a position that it brings the two hemispheres of your brain in the right place to rewrite this thing that has happened to you. So you go through it, for example, it's just one example, you go through everything you experienced and there might be tears, there might be a lot of crying, screaming, or you know, not screaming in the sense of physical pain, but because of the emotional part of it, right. until you are at a point where you feel at peace. Oh, wow. And then, you can install a different belief or you can install something related to that memory in mm -hmm. the form of a belief. So for example, with regards to my, my mom, uh, I've had a lot of issues with her while I was growing up. I would go into this place where I am thinking or I have my body in a certain, like hands in a certain position, legs in a certain position that it is proven to work, to, to affect the two different hemispheres, the two hemispheres of your brain in such a way that while I'm thinking about it and I am going through the emotional process of everything I've gone through, I'm releasing it. And then I can go in and actually install that I am, I don't know, a belief that is the opposite of whatever that experience was. Like I am in peace with my mother, for example. Mm -hmm. 
but it can be done for, I believe, almost everything. And it has worked miracles for me. Limitations to um, health, limitations to abundance and money and limitations to connecting with your partner in life, things of all. I think it's Definitely. probably what you're doing is foundational and it can be applied to any facet of life. It depends what you want to apply it to. Yes, definitely. Perfect. With regards to the physical body, I nevertheless, I prefer emotion code and body code to start with that rather than psyche. Mm -hmm. Because with psyche, we, we release the beliefs, right? We work with the beliefs and the traumas. And it's some kind of shadow work. But with emotion code, we actually release trapped emotions. That it can be, for example, trapped emotions in our heart, a heart wall or trapped emotions in any part of our body. Mm -hmm. And code is also very powerful. There is also belief code, but I'm not there yet. Um, belief code is also really, uh, I'm sorry, body code is also really powerful with regards to releasing whatever is holding you back. It can even go to releasing an entity, for example, like, not so long time ago, maybe a couple of months ago, my son would wake up screaming at night. Mm -hmm. And it happened, I think, two nights in a row, but really screaming out loud. So I thought, okay, let me check if there is something. And actually, there was an entity attached to him. Okay. Even though I do all the protection and healing and everything, there was an entity attached to him. So I released the entity and that didn't happen anymore. Actually, he was crying a lot lately, so I checked, and he had a heart wall, just one emotion, though, and that was the emotion of crying. So for some reason, it was attached to his heart, the emotion of crying, so he kept on crying a lot lately, so I released it, and he's better. How old is he? So he's one and a half. Oh, so he's 18 months. Okay, so he's very young. Oh, and I think... okay, a bit over. Okay, I say one and a half, so he's uh, 20, 21, no, 20 months. 20 no. months. Okay. So he's yes. almost at the age of two. Um, yeah. So for those that uh, are wondering about this, because I know it sounds very woo, woo but I'm a huge believer yeah. in this. I've had my own experiences and every day I actually put light. This is what I call it. I put light over myself. Mm -hmm. I put light over my children to be able to make sure that they are in a state of protection uh, and safety. But I've had experiences where much like what you said, I mean, I, I wasn't crying, but my children have gone to those and those are called night terrors, I think, in mm -hmm. North America. That's what they're called. But in actuality, uh, because medicine has not been able to identify what exactly is causing the night terrors, where they come from, why is it typically done at a certain stage? And it's always with children. And mm -hmm. usually their response uh, is the crying. Um, but people don't understand what exactly is. And of course, medicine has normalized that. It's like, well, it's normal. All kids go through it. So at that stage, of course, I'm just offering my belief and correct me if I'm wrong. I would love to know what your opinion on it is, is that children being in such a state of pure energy and mm -hmm. having their energy field open, these entities come to feed off that energy because it is the highest vibrating energy. It's the highest, mm -hmm. more healing. And that's why they have that purity. Children are... Um, and, you know, to go into the deeper sort of down the rabbit hole, the reason why children are typically targeted is because they have such high frequencies that are sought after. They have that purity and that innocence. And those things are so valued and for right reasons, because, of course, they are from a spiritual perspective, the most powerful energies. So, of course, these entities would be 
yeah, of course, these entities would be so interested in getting mm -hmm. access to that energy and they go and they attack, for lack of a better term, they attack the children to take away that energy, to suck that energy out of yeah. them for their own survival. And of course, there is a response system because they do feel that they're uh, like in their body. And of course, they feel that that draining and it is a scary experience. Uh, for those of you that have gone through it, I've had something like that. We call that for adults sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've I've experienced that a couple of times. It was definitely incredibly scary. And um, I'm happy to talk about that in more details. You guys can put it in the comments or reach out to me or reach out to, to Coach Ada. And we could talk about that in more detail. But what I did, which really helped me and it released me instantly, is I started praying amazing mm -hmm. i just literally started reciting prayer and within like like a nanosecond i was released like i was in a state of paralysis i of could not move i could not i couldn't do anything i was like a, what i would call petrified like i was like as if i had turned yeah. to stone and i could not move any part of my body but i could speak so i started reciting out loud i started yeah. reciting prayer to god of course to the mm -hmm. highest the creator which is we're all obviously the source and i yeah within like literally within a nanosecond i was released like instantly i could move just as if like that but i did feel literally i felt the the physical entity like i felt like as if yeah. somebody was touching me and of course children when they're that young they cannot verbalize the feeling but mm -hmm. so that's incredible that's so incredible that you're doing that work and I really think the audience needs to know that there is help where that's concerned. And if there's any unanswered questions, it's probably there's merit in looking deeper into it and uh, allowing yourself to accept maybe something that doesn't seem to be so real or so unbelievable or so esoteric or so woo, -woo as we say here in North America. <laughs> so thank you for bringing that. And um, of course, and an entity can also just lead to depression, you know. Yes, of course. Like it doesn't have to be night terrors or paralysis. Um, and yeah, that is, I totally agree with uh, with what you described. Mm -hmm. It is like that. But in my, in from my point of view as well, but people with depression can also be having one or more entities yeah, or anxiety. Anxiety. So that's exactly what I was yeah. just going to say, because I had a client that I was working with and she was in such a state of anxiety and fear and I intuitively, and of course, there are people, there are other energy workers who can actually have that visual sort of aspect mm -hmm. of it, that they could see that there are entities attached to individuals. So um, clearly, this yeah. individual that I was working with had uh, a, a slew of entities. And I hate to say it, but even people who seem to be overweight is because they're actually carrying entities attached to their body. It, it can be a thing, yeah. Or really deep traumas because they want the protection. That's right. They want to mm. protect themselves. I mean, I could, from a, from a, you know, nutritional perspective, because I studied nutrition. Um, mm. So the psychology of nutrition is such a big area that is just now sort of being explored. But um, I've done work with certain clients and when you ask the right questions, you get to see that oftentimes exactly like you said, there are a lot of people who eat to protect themselves, mm -hmm. whether they want to make themselves gain weight so that they're not attracted to be victimized because their trauma puts them in a state of fear that they will be victimized again. And typically these are people who have been sexually victimized. Yeah. 
Sure. Um, then there are people who want to protect themselves or make themselves feel better because they're in a state of depression. They don't feel good about themselves. And that sugar that they want to eat mm -hmm. is, makes them feel good because it's connected to a memory from before when they were children and the parents would give them a treat. So you want to treat yourself. And oftentimes that's what people say, oh, it's mm -hmm. a treat. I'd like to take a quick break now to let you know that today's show is sponsored by my book, Against Medical Advice. This book is a memoir and it tells the story of how I built my life back after suffering a stroke during my divorce. I discuss the nutritional, lifestyle, and mindset aspects that I put into practice to regain my health and rebuild my life. The book has been a labor of love, both writing it and publishing it, and I couldn't be more proud of it. Please pick up your copy from Amazon. For your very own signed copy, my email address is simone at simonegisandi.com. Oh, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd please consider leaving a review once you've read the book. And now, back to the show. Because I really want to dive deeper into your experiences. I wanted to talk about your journey of personal healing. So is it is it correct to... Um, assume that you've used your expertise in NLP, energy healing, hypnosis to overcome your health challenge, the tumor? Definitely. Yeah. That's okay. why I, that's what brought me to, right. into this journey. So how did you specifically apply these techniques to your own healing process? What were some of the key moments or the turning points for you during that time that you said, oh my goodness, this is what's going to help me? Wow. Uh, it is a bit not easy to answer that question because I think it was all of it. I don't know what exactly worked or what was the one that was, okay, this is it. But if I would have to choose, I would say, even though I started with the body, because I believe that I have to start by healing the body with yoga, meditation, Ayurveda, Mm -hmm. And when I say Ayurveda, I mean dieting as well. Yep. It's part of it. I think trauma work is what actually made the, the biggest difference here. Because I had to go in and really work with tough stuff, like really difficult um, moments from my childhood, bring them to life see them for what they are and really confront this. And I don't think any healing would have worked if I hadn't done the trauma work, even though everything has helped. I'm sure about that. I mean, because I worked with a, with my um, um healing and yoga, my cycles became uh, really healthy, if I can say like that, because if I say normal, the normal nowadays of a menstrual cycle is a lot of bleeding and a lot of pain. Well, I don't have any of that wow. at all. Like I don't even like, of course I track it. I have an app, but if I don't check that, I don't even know that I'm getting my cycle. Like I don't have anything. That's amazing. And that's because of, I think Ayurveda and yoga and probably meditation, because I really worked with regards to healing my own using these modalities, but I think trauma work and shadow work was the, the thing that, that made the, the difference. And part of that is hypnosis. 
really going in there and looking at previous lives and figuring out how my life now is affected by those previous lives and all the learning, all the shadows in there, that's, that's a big part of it. Yes. Thank you so much. Because I think that a lot of people don't recognize we are all traumatized. I want to say that. Oh, definitely. And I still am. I'm still working with myself after 10 years. I don't want anybody to think that because I think that there's probably such a, a stigma attached to that to admit that you have trauma, because it means that you have to admit that you come from a very dysfunctional family or something happened to you and you're not good enough and somebody did that to you because you were not good enough or because you were, you know, not a nice person. None of that is true. I don't want people to 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 take that as being fact or, you know, putting that as part of their belief system, which makes you continue manifesting and perpetuating that. But we are all traumatized. If we look past uh, in the past three years, for example, let's look at the COVID era between mm -hmm. 2020 and 2023 right now. And I want to emphasize that there's a continuation of it with the craziness of the world at the moment. Mm -hmm. That is trauma. I want people to know with no exception that the the young generation right now is going to be manifesting those traumas from what happened during 2020 to 2022, 23 with the whole COVID, you know, yeah. when we were forced to have to wear masks and uh, which was a symbolism for being silenced. So a lot of throat chakra, I bet you will be mm -hmm. a big thing. Um, a lot of people who were forced to do things against their very nature, a lot of people who had to go through losing jobs, not being able to have the, the security of making money or having an income to be able to provide for themselves. Those are root chakra issues. So those will manifest mm. in those areas. And we are already seeing sort of the first glimpses of that with the turbo cancers and things that are coming to light right now that we are already manifesting. So it's important to recognize that trauma is worldwide. I mean, there's been wars and there's been all kinds of um, ancestral traumas that have happened in generations of families that we keep bringing forward. They are encoded into our bodies, into our DNA, and we go on and we manifest those things. Definitely. And generational trauma is a real thing. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a real thing. Like when I talk about womb healing, I'm not just healing my womb. I'm healing the womb of my great-grandmother, great-great-great-grandmother and other women, because we're all connected, other mm -hmm. women that maybe are alive right now. So we are ho holding a lot of trauma in there. But I can't, maybe because I'm so deep into this, I cannot believe it that people don't want to admit that they have trauma. It's it difficult. is incredible, but is. why? There is no one who doesn't have trauma. And trauma doesn't have to be, I don't know, World World, uh, world War II or anything. It can well, be also a slap from a parent or yes. being looked down from someone. Or um, like in my case... I was doing an ayahuasca ceremony, if I'm allowed to say that. Oh, good God, you did okay. that. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, several times. During the, during my first ayahuasca ceremony, I heard, I, I thought that I needed to go to the toilet. And I actually didn't need to, but my mind was saying that. And I thought I couldn't get up. Ayahuasca wasn't letting me get up somehow. 
And I said, I told myself, okay, maybe I can crawl to the toilet. And I was hearing, ask for help. And I still went on thinking for what seemed like hours. I know it wasn't hours, but it felt like hours that I should ask for help. At the end, I did ask for help, but it was so difficult. And then I had to connect it to my childhood again. So this fear of of asking for help because I wouldn't get that help anyways, I wouldn't be hurt, was totally related to my childhood. And I don't know who says that. Um, I'm not coming on the name of this person or where I've read this, that people that are manifesting any type of not positive relationship in their life, and it, it can be at any level, romantic or otherwise, means that they have trauma related to their parents yes and it wouldn't be otherwise so if you are not manifesting the right relationships in your life you have trauma there is no way around it and you will keep on manifesting the wrong relationships you will keep on attracting the the wrong partner in your life unless you resolve this trauma and I mean, I'm talking to myself too, at the end of the day, oh. I keep on manifesting the the same kind of man as well, even though I've been working on myself for 10 years now. Absolutely. I think that if you look, if you're going to try to connect the dots for the audience, if you look at the fact that the divorce rate is upwards of 50%, I think that alone speaks to the incredible amount of trauma that we have suffered generationally through all cultures. I'm not going to pick any race, any culture. I think that that has been the case because, I mean, think about it. There have been wars in every single part of the world, in every culture. Mm. There have been, women have been persecuted, hence what you said. And I really do want you, Ada, to speak more to the womb healing because I want the audience to understand it. But I think women, I mean, back in the day when we were healers when we were using our gifts to heal our Mm -hmm. families when we were nourishing our families and be and we were able to put together our um, our healing potions from plants and making medicines out of plants and what nature was offering we were burnt at the stake as witches yeah and that's generational trauma that is passed down from woman to woman much like you explained that your great grandparents your great grandmothers and your grandmothers and your mothers and so on and so forth. And every woman sort of takes that forward because Mm. it's encoded in the DNA, that DNA's information, we all know that. So clearly that information gets encoded and then it gets passed down. Hence why we have this trauma that's passed down. But tell us what is womb healing so that the women that are listening to this can understand and can go and do some more research or get started. Perhaps they can work with you to get started on doing this work. So I'm not an expert in that. I'm still working on healing my own. And that's why I don't call myself a healer with regards to that. Mm -hmm. I'm still working. And that that is, I think, so powerful, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, so difficult. If I can use that word, I don't like that word, but it is like working with my heart was much easier in comparison to this. Like my art and and even in yoga, it was so easy for me to open my heart and like, of course, working with that, it became really easy to open my heart or open my my throat chakra. But when it comes to the womb, it is more challenging. And that is 
in my perspective, because of this generational trauma and also because of being told that we are not good enough in any way, in a way or another, maybe not in this specific words. So by not believing that we are good enough and by believing that we are less than a man because we're nowadays trying to be a better man rather than actually be a woman. Yes. What we true. are supposed to be like really um, being empowered as a woman being, um, how can I come like embody our feminine energy we're trying to be, oh, I, if a man can do this, I can do this too. Yes. So and true. that is so damaging for our womb. And that's where our creativity is. That's where, um, that's where relationships are. That's where the relationship with ourself is in our womb. And even if the physical organ is not there, the energy is still there. So it doesn't matter really. So womb healing, in my opinion, and again, I'm not an expert, still studying, still still working on that. But in my opinion, it is about connecting to, to your true self, to your, to your wild self, mm-hmm. giving it a voice and giving it the possibility to just express itself. And mm-hmm. it's about meditating and not about meditating and getting out of your body and channeling i've done all the stuff it's really fun but it's not really healing it's about really connecting to the goddess within you and being instead of doing even for five minutes a day mm-hmm. being and really closing your eyes and breathing into the womb area breathing and seeing it opening and seeing it contracting and just being there while maybe messages come to you so that being said i started with yoga with regards to that okay and that's what actually made and with ayurveda that's what brought my cycle into a place of total um balance total balance yeah so my cycle is healed it doesn't mean that my womb is healed, though. I know it's not, not yet working on it. But yoga nidra can be something that can be very helpful mm. for the womb healing. It's even better than meditations. And I would say, God, I mean, I'm going to say something that maybe many people will not agree with. I love Joe Dispenza, just so that it is said. It has really helped me. But those kind of meditations are about getting out of our body. They're very yes. masculine. So if you if you actually want to go into healing your womb, choose a guide that has some kind of feminine meditations. Tell us again, which I, yoga is it? Yoga? Yoga Nidra. Nidra. Okay. So yes, it's the yoga listening. of sleep. Yes. So basically you're just laying and you're going through a body checkup and then it depends what the person that is directing the yoga nidra is bringing you into. Mm -hmm. It can be womb healing. So there is yoga nidras for womb healing and it can be different stuff, but it is very healing. While I was having during my my tumor period, it was a three-year period, by the way, it wasn't so short. During that period, I did a lot of yoga nidras, just Amazing. laying and seeing 
the breath really going into where the, the area of the cervix, which is again the womb related to the womb, right? Mm -hmm. It's a bit lower, but still related to it. So, so, so yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yes, very, very important. And I want to emphasize this to especially the women because clearly we're the only ones that have the womb but and because you said about creativity and I don't want people to think that this is like well once I heal this I'm going to be able to go and paint or write a book or I'm going to have so I'm going to be so creative that I'm going to be able to produce art mm -hmm. so that's not necessarily the point I mean of course that could be a facet of it but I just want if to they're emphasize interested in it of course, especially if you have an inclination towards it yeah. and you have that attraction to the arts. Mm -hmm. However, the creative. So when you think of creation, we're talking about the creation of life. And that's where we hold life as women when we have mm -hmm. our children. So the womb is where life it like implants itself. And that's where it starts to grow up until it enters this realm. So us as women, we are the portal between the worlds and the womb is the portal that actually connects the two worlds that's where you know human life and the physical the yeah. physicality of human life starts so that's when we that's i believe that's what ada was referring to when she said creativity so it's like you yeah. are able to be a life creator and a lot of people i'm sure this is completely another topic we could discuss this in another show ada but mm -hmm. i believe that people that have issues with infertility they're not able to uh, get pregnant they're not able to have children perhaps this is an area that could probably help them you know in such powerful ways i think ways. so i actually think so i am not at the point of creating a program for this i'm working with something else at the moment but it is my second priority after mm -hmm. i'm done with what i'm with the project i have right now because i think it can be very powerful and yeah, like you said, creativity is not about painting. I can't paint. Or maybe I would be able to if I would change that belief that I can't mm -hmm. paint or that I can't sing. Even though I love mantras, I will, you will you never hear me in a huge public singing mantras. But probably it's a belief, but I haven't really been working with that. But it's not about that creativity. It's about creating anything giving life, um, creating a beautiful home, creating a beautiful life, creating, actually manifesting is part of it. Creating health for yourself. Creating health for yourself. It can be absolutely anything when I say creativity, creating a business. That's right. Oh, wow. That's such an interesting thing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. People typically don't make that connection, but absolutely creating a project, creating a business, creating mm -hmm. anything that you desire. Everything is interconnected and everything has its foundations in uh, the ability to have this um, access to the power that we all have from the source and the power of yes. the universe that we are connected to. However, oftentimes we limit ourselves because of our beliefs, limiting beliefs. And mm. the idea that uh, the traumas that 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 hold us back can be or cannot be, a lot of people don't even realize, they don't recognize that the trauma is what's holding them back. You know, typically we look at people mm. and we say, well, you outside of me, you are the, the, the reason why this marriage is not working or you are the reason why this relationship is not working instead of looking at what is within us that uh, prevents mm. us from really showing up as our true authentic selves instead of putting up guards because we're afraid of being hurt again because our traumas are forcing us to do that 
Mm. And at the end of the day, we manifested that person in our life. Yeah, maybe that person is triggering us, but we manifested him or her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to teach us and to remind us yeah. that we need to put in the work to be able to eliminate all that. I see that in North America, a lot of this work, the somatic work is actually becoming popular and people are starting to recognize that you do need to do the work. Um, a lot of these things are actually trapped in our hips. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of women who do a lot of like hip opening asanas in yoga nice. and that actually, and believe uh, I actually was um, speaking with a friend who, who talked about how they did this, this, like it was a program of hip opening asanas in, in mm -hmm. her yoga that she was practicing. She didn't tell me which particular branch of yoga, but she was doing a lot of that work. And she used to always say, she said, I don't know why, but I used to cry. I used to of cry so course. hard. Yeah. So we sort of identified that you were releasing the energy and it was coming through the tears. You were eliminating yeah. it out of the body, which is so incredibly amazing and so powerful. Um, but I want to, so just for the audience, because I look, I look at all of these, like you have such a fascinating combination of skills, NLP, energy healing, hypnosis, uh, womb healing, and everything else that you're even right now, you're pursuing so that you could bring it to your clients. But for the listeners who might not be familiar, can you tell us how do these practices intersect? Like what is the common thread that these practices that you bring to your clients and even you, you practice on yourself, how do they complement each other? How do they, how do you incorporate these techniques in your routine mm. during your healing process that you also teach your clients? Yeah. Interesting question. Well, I always start with the Ayurvedic routines the easy routines mm -hmm. which is massaging your body with sesame oil not in hot summer days not during your period but otherwise massaging your body with warm sesame oil before you take a shower okay. having warm sesame oil or just normal sesame oil in your mouth before in the morning before you brush your teeth and I've made some changes according to our culture because in India, they brush the teeth, then they use the warm sesame oil. So if an Ayurvedic practitioner is listening, you know, it is the changes I've made to it to make it a bit more possible because I would never brush my teeth and then have sesame oil in my mouth. And that is the same for most of my clients. They want to mm -hmm. kind of brush it away. There is an oil called Anutailam, an Ayurvedic oil. I can send you the name if you want after. It is really easy to access it online. You just put a couple of drops in each nostril. So I basically start with that and the tongue cleaning. There okay. is some Ayurvedic, oh, I can't come on the, on the name from it, but it's something that we use uh, to, to clean the tongue. And then I go into cleansing your energy and the energy of your home, because if we don't do that, then it's very difficult to keep on working. Like I realized even when I would put someone in hypnosis, it has happened that they had an entity that wouldn't allow them to visualize, you know, you are, you are also um, a hypnotherapist, so you know what I mean. Visualize the different things that they have to visualize in the beginning. And I realized that there was an entity, so I would have to actually start with cleansing their energy by asking their permission and then continuing diagnosis. So with my clients, I would go into cleaning 
helping them to cleanse to cleanse their energy and the energy of their home. It can be as easy as saging your home, but in every corner, every draw, everything, not just going around a bit with the sage. Yep. Really everything, opening absolutely every draw, everything, every cupboard. And you know, shower of light, the pyramid of light. I love the pyramid of oh, light that, yes. comes, that comes from Dolores, from Dolores Cannon. I place it around my car every morning, around my son. Actually, I, pre- I place it around my son every time I can think about him in the kindergarten. I place it around his kindergarten, uh, around myself. So, and I help my clients with that. And there are some techniques to help them bring the Uh, two hemispheres in balance and once we are done with that I sometimes if they are open to that would rather check their Ayurvedic doshas Mm -hmm. their prakriti so basically figuring out what their combination of three doshas is so it's kapha, pitta, vata. I don't want to go like to become very technical about this but Mm -hmm. if they are in balance everyone should be in balance as well. So if they are not in balance, then you will have issues, physical, mental, spiritual, energetical issues. So checking out where the imbalances are so that I can give some quick advices to start with, what to avoid with regards to food and what, uh, with regards to food according to Ayurveda and mm-hmm. what to eat and different um, like pills, if I can say it like that, that they can take like, um, it's all... Like I'm not a doctor, I'm a therapist, so I can't prescribe real medicine, but I can, for example, tell them to take Trifala or Shatavari, depending on the issue that they are having. Shatavari is amazing for hormones and female-related issues. Trifala is amazing for um, for your stomach and your digestion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then it depends on the person. So after I am done with this, depending if they want meditation and yoga, because not everyone is in the state that they would like to do some physical, like physical movements, I'll just go to the traumas and work with the traumas and work with the heart wall and work with their shadows and figuring out what in their life, what has happened that has created whatever that they are going through in their life. Because there's always a reason. It is not, nothing is a coincidence. Even the narcissistic partner, for example, that we manifest in our life is not a coincidence. We probably maybe had a narcissistic parent or someone narcissistic in our life as a child. So I I go in depth with shadow work and and trauma. So it is not an easy process. It's not, you know, it's not taking a pill. It's about going into their subconscious and asking their subconscious what this person needs and what do we need to release? And it can be absolutely anything. It is incredible. Like I said, my almost two-year-old son had an entity. Imagine what a grown-up person that has never had any therapy can actually carry with them. Yeah, how many entities they've accumulated throughout their lives. Like if they have never done something Mm -hmm. to actually cleanse it. And I'm not saying that this is the only way. Like you said, prayer. Prayer can be amazing. I never mentioned it in my, in, um, 
in whatever I was doing, but prayer was always there. I mean, when I put my son to bed, I asked Archangel Michael to cut his cords mm -hmm. and to cleanse his energy. And I place a pyramid of light around him. Mm -hmm. And exactly Archangel Michael doesn't have to be him. And I'm not Christian. I don't belong to any religion, really. I just don't think that Archangel Michael is just Christian or Jesus is Christian. So... I just asked Archangel Michael because I identify or I, I, I've, it's the first energy I've connected to. And I think he is, he or she, they don't have a gender, is a warrior. Or I see him as a fire energy. And maybe because they describe him with a sword. So for me, it's easier to ask him to cut the cords. And of course, right. I do that for myself, too. And I tell my clients to do that, like really cut cords, but it can be done in absolutely any way. Yes. And I think uh, all energy workers, and I've spoken to many throughout my my life. And of course, when I was younger and I didn't understand these things to the degree that I do now, uh, mm -hmm. I wasn't aware. But um, I do want the audience to know. So uh, I call them guardian angels. So we all have them. They're always around us. And they have, you could speak to them, they hear you. Uh, it's important that you do that communication out loud. So that's what I do. I do the same thing at night. I ask guardian angels, please protect us, protect. And then I, I sort of recite the names of my children. You know, keep us in your, in your light, uh, watch over us, keep us safe and protected. And uh, of course, I also do what you say about the light. So I put a, mm -hmm. uh, just like you said, a pyramid of light. I call it a triangle of light, sort of like yeah. over the person with the the tip at the top of the head. I do this also with my children when they drive. So I put that over mm -hmm. the car so that they are always protected from accidents or anything, yeah. any kind of trouble happening to the car. I remember when I was living in Florida and my sons were coming to visit me, I would put light around the airplane to make sure that their travel was safe and, and free mm -hmm. of any kind of trouble. So those things are very important and they're very, very powerful. And I really, I know mm -hmm. that a lot of people think that's woo-woo, but in, in truth and in reality, a lot of healers of the past, and those were the foundations of what we call medicine today. Those people tapped into energies. And of course, you could go ahead and fact check this. There's a lot of information out online. Uh, the, the, you know, various, I guess, entities out there that are governmental, like the CIA and the FBI, they've worked with remote viewers, uh, mm -hmm. with psychics. So those people that are in touch and very attuned to those energies are actually used for a lot of reasons. And clearly we can use them for our healing or for like, whether it's traumas or anything related to, to our Definitely. health. Absolutely. And, and I think that I really want to emphasize what you said Every single what we call disease is rooted in some sort of trauma that's deep, deeply rooted in the subconscious mind and it manifests on the body. So that's I, I love the fact that you said you started working with the traumas because you clearly went right to the root of it. Because I don't want to waste time. Mm -hmm. I really want to go to what has caused it. 
Yes. Like I said, I like Louise Hay's book was my Bible at the time, and I love the woman. And she says that it's all about our traumas, even though she used a lot of, I think, gratitude and like saying out loud the beliefs that she wanted to manifest in her life. It hasn't worked for me. Nevertheless, the basics of it that we have to work with our traumas. I think it's true. It's true for everyone. Absolutely everyone. And when you mentioned that, wasn't Dolores actually working with um, NASA or CIA or something? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. She, she was. was, right? Yeah, Dolores With Cannon. hypnosis. In, mm-hmm. Yeah, Dolores Cannon. In order to figure out, like, with the UFOs and everything. and That's right get a lot of intelligence from them. I think, like, I've read some of her books, not all of them yet, but she was working with them. So if they were taking her seriously, then how can people be skeptics of this? When CIA and NASA was work- were actually working with Dolores Cannon I to figure that, out things. Yes, I think that um, this information is not so mainstream because the average person not- is... It's not. The average person is sent to a uh, doctor or, you know, some sort of a specialist in things that are very um, sort of you're looking just at the physicality. It's say, okay, well, your head hurts here. Take this pill and this pill is going to take care. But they're not looking at what is causing your head to hurt. Why is it hurting? Why is this something that's recurring? Why is it happening over and over? What is the deeper issue that we have to look at to identify what's causing this to happen to you? And a lot of people, because if you look at it, think about it this way. There are many people, there are people who say, I've never had a headache. I not no, I never get headaches. Whereas other people are like, oh my God, I suffer with migraines all the time. Mm. So what's the difference between these two people? They live on the same planet especially when they're in the same society, in the same culture, they have access to the same foods. They have access to the same educational system. They have the same stressors in life, you know, you know, financial and relationships Mm. and, you know, things of that nature. So if these individuals are exposed to the same sort of life, life, and Mm. then they have different manifestations where their health is concerned, what is the common thing? What is the reason why they express different things when they're part, they have access to the same things and they're part of the same society and the same culture. So that actually would merit to look back to say, well, what is the past? Where is the trauma? What, what, where were you before? And what are you Mm. holding in your body that it's expressing for you like this? And for you, it has another expression because there are people who don't have headaches, but they have I don't know, uh, high Mm. blood pressure or diabetes or whatever the case may be. So I love the fact that you actually go to this root cause to identify what is it that we need to look at and and where do we start and always start with the foundation. So your journey is so incredibly inspiring, Ada. I mean, I I could go in so many directions with this and you gave us just a glimpse of some of the things that you've done to not only put yourself on the path of healing, but help others heal from the very foundation. So I'm wondering what advice would you give to someone who's currently facing a health challenge that's considering alternative healing because they've tried medicine and it hasn't worked or they've been on medicine for 15 years and here they still are, they still Mm -hmm. have the same issue. Um, Are there any 
like let's say common misconceptions or important considerations that they should be aware of so that they could actually have um, results from alternative healing? Well, it depends on what they're going through. And mm-hmm. I cannot tell someone not to go for, you know, the normal way of healing. I'm not allowed to, even though I made my, that choice myself. Nevertheless, I was still checking up, uh, like having checkups all the time to see that it wasn't progressing, nevertheless. Right. But um, the advice, oh my God, people won't like this, but really you have to work with your traumas. I am yeah. here to just say it how it is, right? Very true. You, of course, diet is very important. Like I said, I started with that. And physical movement may, like it can be anything. It doesn't have to be yoga. It can be whatever you relate to is also very important. And healing or different things can be important as well. I work with that as well, much less lately. But if you don't go if you don't search for your shadow, for your trauma, and if you don't face it, yeah, you might get better for the moment. But there is a probability, quite a large one, I think, that that disease will manifest in a different way again. Because you're not facing what your energy, your body, your soul is asking you to face. Because if you have had a trauma in this life, I'm bringing it so far as, you know, talking about past lives, but if you if you have had a trauma now, it means that you probably had it in a previous life as well, in a different shape. So if you don't start healing it, it will keep on coming. I've realized that. I've realized that if I try to push away a kind of healing, it will come back to into my life again, in a different shape, in a different form. But if you if I don't face it, it it will manifest again and again and again until I listen to it. So the symptoms you are having are just symptoms, and it's just your body telling you that something is not okay with you. So go in there and ask what is not okay, and find maybe someone to help you with this. Google Google is there. Find someone reliable to help you with the trauma work, and start doing the work. There is another way. You can take the pill. It will remove your headache, but it won't remove the cause of what the cause of the headache, what actually your body is trying to tell you. I'm so glad you said that. So please start doing the trauma work. The trauma work, yes. And I'm so glad that you said that, especially um, so when you and I spoke last, when we talked on your podcast, I mentioned that my father had cancer twice and God bless him. I mean, you know what? I think it's great that people go and seek whatever therapy is important to them. So if you want to go and take the route of uh, seeking healing from a uh, regular doctor, allopathic doctor, or if you go into the medicine field and you ask them for help and you want that to be your starting point, that's okay. That's okay. Go and seek that. And then if that works for you, great. Oftentimes it doesn't. And just as an aside, so when my father had his first cancer, I actually begged him not to do the surgery. Of course, the doctor, the, the first I did. I mean, the first thing that the 
uh, the doctor recommended is that he do the surgery. And I said, I, I studied holistic cancer. I think I told you. So mm -hmm. from all the research that I've done, and of course, when you go to a school, when you study something, they give you what they've known that that far until that point. Yeah. However, you have access to be able to continue to do your research. And there are people who are bringing things to light all the time. People who have podcasts and they share their experiences, mm -hmm. things that they've tried or things that they've tested. So when I did my research, even beyond what I learned at that school, I found that um, when you go in and you do surgery on tumors, especially, so the body mm -hmm. usually takes these cells that are not uh, whole and they're, let's say they're broken and they're mutated and, you know, the growth is going out of control. So that's the body's sort of trying to get your attention. Um, what it does is it puts it in a sack. So it puts it in a, mm. in a, in, in sort of like a, a tissue to isolate it from the rest of the body. And then it can very easily, much like what you explained, it can, you can very easily get rid of that if you do some sort of work. If you do detoxification, you allow mm. the body from a physical perspective to go and utilize this um, this tissue. So this growth, it can break it down. It can eliminate it through its proper channels. I mean, the body is very it, like infinitely wise. It, yeah. it heals itself. So just as an aside, nobody heals you. No doctor heals you. No surgery heals Definitely. you. Your body heals you. Your body yes. heals itself. You and heal yourself. Yes. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so my father had his cancer and I told him that if you do surgery, chances are that once they open that, where the tumor is, chances are that like what's inside that sack is going to end up in your bloodstream. It's going to mm. flow somewhere else. And it's going to manifest in that area there. Like yeah. it's just going to take up residence wherever there's another blockage. If we're going to talk chakras yeah. where the energy is blocked, that's where it's going to stop because it can continue its flow. So of course, to go deeper in the rabbit hole, everybody, everything has a vibration and the vibration of a broken cell is not as high. If there's any kind of blockages with a low vibration in another part of your body, in another system of the body, mm -hmm. then that cancerous cell will be attracted by law of attraction to that body yeah. system, to that organ. The two of them will match vibration and frequency and then the cancer can now continue there. And that's exactly what happened to my father. Yeah, He had his second cancer and shortly, and of course, this is also something someone I knew who had cervical cancer, had the, um, the surgery, then ended up with uh, colon cancer as well. Right. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. again, so I'm not a big fan of people taking the first route that of surgery because there are so many. And of course, do your due diligence, talk to your doctors, ask them lots of questions, do your research yourself, go online, ask people that have been there. There are many people who have platforms on social media that have gone through cancers and survived them. And you could go and ask them questions and get information, listen to their whether you read books or you listen to their podcasts or you listen to them tell their stories, get as much information as possible for you to be able to make informed decisions. So I'm glad you said that. Everybody starts somewhere, but nevertheless, the foundation of all disease is in the emotional slash subconscious level where we hold these things that are just waiting to be manifested. And oftentimes when you have so many traumas that just get accumulated, 
And remember, 2020 to 2023, a lot more trauma was added mm-hmm. to everybody than those things. Like it, it, you reach saturation levels and that trauma is going to seek an outlet. And oftentimes it's in the body in the form of disease. I know that people are not going to believe this. A lot of people don't. That's fine. Fact check it. Go and talk to other practitioners who could tell you the same thing. But I learned that from my own journey. Ada, of course, you learned from your Mm -hmm. own journey as well. I've also done a lot of meditation where I put light around the energy centers and I put light around the organs that typically I have issues with to be Mm -hmm. able to heal them. I've gone through something similar to yours. I've actually had a pap smear. And of course, I want people to know when you go and you do your tests, remember this. When they find something, it's what they found in that moment. If you do continue to do your work and you do that same test three months down the road, there might be nothing there, but you do need to do your work. Yeah. So they found uh, abnormal, what they called precancerous cells on my cervix. And of course, they oh. use these. They use these words because they try to fear monger to make it like, ooh, something really bad. You need to address it. It's like, well, thank you very much. The body was already trying to do that. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. we found that out. And then, uh, of course, the medical industry tried to get me to subject myself to these very invasive things, which yeah. I very um, like I was very adamant. I declined very adamantly. And then, you know what I did? Much like what you said, of course, I would have to probably do more work as far as the trauma is concerned. And I would love to talk to you more about that. But I meditated and I put a lot of light every single day. I would meditate Mm. for about half hour and I would put light around that part of my anatomy every day, every day with intention. And I visualized. And then, of course, I went back and I said, hey, why don't you guys run that test again? I'm curious to see where we're at. And of course, mm. my my test came back and it was clear. It was clear. It was clear 100%. Yes, thank you. So I just want the, the listeners to know that from your testimony and mine, and there are so many out there, this really works. The energy work, the energy healing and the energy, um, energy medicine, if we could call it that, really works. And I would love to talk in more detail, but... Um, And of course, I'm going to have you back with your permission. Mm -hmm. I would love to talk more about especially some of the things that are so fascinating, like womb healing. We could talk about so that the ladies that are looking to get pregnant can actually incorporate this modality to to maybe just do one more step of work to be able to bring themselves to that point where they can grow their family. But um, how do you believe that your personal experience has enhanced your own ability to help others in the healing journeys? I'm sure that you've seen results. So of course that gave you the courage to say, Hey, this really works. And I back you because it's worked for me as well. Um, I never promise the results. Great. I can't do that. What has happened is that it is very empowering to take the power back when they actually start believing that they actually can do that, that they can actually heal themselves, it means that they start believing that they created it, mm-hmm. not with placing blame, but with taking responsibility. It's about that, not about, oh my God, I created it. Why did I do that to myself? Mm-hmm. But it's about, I created it because I needed to learn something from this. What is it I needed to learn? Yeah. So very often I've had really great results with regards to different disease. 
even things like diabetes. Yep. Like, but of course I use Ayurveda as well, not just trauma and energy healing, but a lot of Ayurveda as well when it comes to diabetes, for example. So even disease that is a bit more difficult to work with, even though I prefer to work with traumas, like I said, and diseases of the mind, stress and anxiety, but it's about this feeling, oh, I created it. But then it means that if I created it, then I can do something about that. Mm -hmm. So when they take the power back, instead of blaming someone, blaming God, uh, or putting the power in the hands of someone else, a doctor, for example, to save them, and they take their their power back and they actually learn that and start believing that they can save themselves. That's when everything happens. So I think even though I've had results with regards to actual diseases, and I would have to kind of ask the people if I if they're okay with me going more into detail with regards to this. I haven't asked for any permission before coming here. I didn't think about that. Even though I've had those results, I think that's the most powerful one. When they start mm-hmm. believing I am the creator, I can, I have manifested this. It means I can manifest the opposite. I have the power. And when you really believe it, then you can do absolutely anything. Yes. Belief is like probably the most important thing. As an aside, I don't know if you've heard, but when I was doing my studies in uh, cancer therapy, there was this case study. So, and of course, it was in another culture, not anywhere in North America, but nevertheless, I think it was somewhere in South America. So this individual's father was suffering from cancer and he went and he took a piece of wood and he went to his father and I'm paraphrasing here, fact check it, it's out there. And he went and he said, um, this is from a blessed tree. It is blessed by God and it has healing power. Mm. So this man, the the father of this this man, he took this piece of wood, believing that mm. it has this power. So the power of belief. And he prayed to it, wore it on his body, thinking that it's giving him that mm. healing energy. And lo and behold, he healed his cancer. <laughs> I, because he I, put, I believe that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you believe, I mean, the body follows. You know, Bruce Lipton says, and Bruce Lipton is a biologist who works with Psyche. Mm -hmm. And he says that kids, children who are adopted, but they don't know that they are adopted, very often have the same physical issues, like, for example, diabetes, that their parents have had. Just because they don't know that they are adopted and they believe in genetics. So they express the same diseases yeah. as their adoptive parents. Yeah. Wow. Even though there is, when they don't know that they're adopted. Yes, and yes. Uh, even though, um, well, there is no genetics connection between them and the parents. 
Yeah. So Bruce Lipton for the audience, he is a biologist. He's a PhD. So it's Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yeah. He's the author of The Power of Belief. And he has done extensive work in epigenetics and epigenetics, mm -hmm. for those of you that are wondering, because uh, Ada was talking about this towards the beginning of the show, is above genetics. So it's your power and ability to uh, influence how your genes express and whether you express disease, whether you express health. So you have that epigenetic power to be able to influence what you actually express in your body, irrespective of your genetics. I think it's only about 5% of all diseases that are related to genetic predispositions. And the other 95% are more or less lifestyle and belief system related. I mean, for example, mm -hmm. I had a stroke in 2011. Nobody, nobody in my family has ever had a stroke. I'm the yeah. first. So there is no genetic tie to anybody. So that's why I was so sold on that whole idea when they were talking about, well, who in your family? I'm like, nobody, nobody. I'm yeah. the first one. So that whole idea that genetically you, you have the same things as your family just went out the window for me. So my belief changed drastically. I mean, I look at my stroke as a huge yeah. blessing. So yeah, I understand the same with me and, uh, and my tumor. Because it, it propelled us on this on this mm -hmm. journey and we also got access to this important knowledge, information, wisdom and power, more importantly, yes. that we all hold. And then we, of course, want to impart that information, knowledge, wisdom and power to our respective clients when we work with people so that they, too, can tap into that same level of whatever it is that we have tapped into to heal ourselves. So. So Ada, I would love to, if you can let us know, where can people find you? Clearly the work that you do is so incredibly powerful and so incredibly important. And even if it's going to be just a, a part of people's journey to healing, mm -hmm. yours is a very important one. Uh, I'm assuming that because you're in Norway, I'm in North America, mm -hmm. you probably do a lot of work on online. People can find I work you. a lot online, mostly Perfect. online, actually. Perfect. And in so, English, mostly. So yes, actually, fine. kudos to you. I wanted to tell you. So you're uh, you're from Albania and you now live mm -hmm. in Norway and you speak perfect English. So thank you very much. Oh, uh, you. The audience here in North America is going to be very grateful for all the wisdom <laughs> you've imparted and you are so articulate. Where can people find you? What's your uh, what's your contact information if people want to work with you? It's my website, Ada, A-D-A, Komani, K-O-M-A-N-I, dot N-O, though, not dot com, since I'm in Norway. That's right. Um, otherwise, I'm probably in every social media platform. I used to work with leadership and marketing before my new life, I call it like that. <laughs> so I am probably in every social media account as coach Ada Komani. That's right. So I follow her on Instagram. You guys, she does uh, some of her meditations are there. You can actually take advantage of that. So you could get a glimpse of yeah. the kind of work that she does. Incredible account. Thank you so much for all the information you put out there for people to see the power of what you practice. And um, I will put in uh, Ada is going to give me all the information that she talked about so that mm -hmm. we can you could do your research, whether it's related to the body code, because you spoke to that, uh, Psyche, which is, as you said, more powerful than NLP. So we'll put uh, that in the in the show notes. Womb healing, and I would love to have another show to speak to sure. that. 
um, yoga nidra. So for those of you that want mm. to do more research on that branch of yoga, yoga nidra is what she was talking about. Uh, she was talking about some of the Ayurvedic practices like tongue cleaning, mm. tongue scraping, yeah. uh, and then some of the herbal medicines that she uh, works with or uses, trifala, which is related to the stomach and digestion, which can help with that, and shatavari, which is for hormonal balance. Thank you so much, Ada. I really appreciate your time, your wisdom for everything that you've taught us today. Uh, I invite you to come back to the show so that we can talk in more detail about one sure. specific topic to help the ladies out there with womb healing so that they can tap into their feminine goddess and creative power to be on their journey of healing. And um, thank you again for all the wisdom that you've passed to people. And you guys, if you want to find her, adakomani.no since she's in Norway. And we will see you again next time, Ada. Sure. And it was my absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for inviting me. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you on the next show. Thank you for tuning to The Confidential. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found it interesting and informative. Please subscribe to the show to receive notifications when new episodes are released. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at The Confidential Podcast to stay up to date with all things related to the show. We appreciate your support and welcome any feedback you may have. Until next time, stay curious and keep on learning. Thank you for listening.